Welcome to another episode of Good Taste Bad Grammar, powered by the family brand. Be sure to like, share, subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Good Taste Bad Grammar. Enjoy the episode. Yes, sir. Y'all already know what it is, man. This is Brad Brooks. I'm with my guy, Rob Carter. What up, what up, what up? What's up with you, baby? Can't call it, man. Man, I'm happy to be here with you, man. It's 2021. Yes, sir. The first episode of the new year. You already know what it is, man. This is Good Taste, Bad Grammar, brought to you by the family brand, CLT. Be sure to check that out. And guys, today, man, we got a special episode. Got a good one. As always. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, we're going to be able to touch base with another Charlotte legend, uh, somebody that's really special to us, mentor to a lot of gentlemen in the city, and just, you know, somebody that really is a true inspiration. But before that ride... You already know, man, this is one of my new favorite segments that we've been able to introduce, the Good Taste. Good Taste segment. Talk All right, so the Good Taste segment, man, to break it down, we just want to see, you know what I'm saying, what our guest, you know, has in mind and how they feel and their taste and, you know, their vibe and whatnot. So, Brad going to give you a couple kind of, you know, Good Taste topics. You going to give us, you know, our breakdown and your breakdown of what, you know, you, you will pit, put in these kind of segments. So, go ahead, Brad. Give me the first one. For sure. We so got four of them. For sure, for sure. So, as stated, man, Chris, you are a Charlotte legend. The first good taste question that we have for you. Give us three good places to eat in your city. Oh, man. Um, so, first, I'm going to go with uh, Price's Chicken Coop. Mm. Definitely. Right by the shop. Got to go with Price's, yeah. man. That's Candy a legend. Road. Um, you know, next... Um, you know, supporting black business, I'm going to go with Mertz. Mm, you know, okay. Mertz, uh, Heart and Soul, right in Uptown, Soul Food. And, um, man, you know, number three, let me see. Um, oh, man, it's so many good options, man. It um, is. Let's and see. It's hard to try to narrow it down to three. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like for me... Um, you know, I go to Hawthorne's a lot. You know okay. what I mean? Like just, you know, good pizza, good the pizza pasta. Spot. Yeah. You know, the one uh in um in Elizabeth is the okay. one I, I go to probably sure. like the most. It's like a go to, you know. Yeah, what I'm I went to uh, elementary school at Elizabeth Traditional, right there. Yeah. Right there by it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm familiar. So. so the second one of the of the good taste kinda lined up, uh three good albums you listened to in twenty twenty. Ooh, so, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So here we yeah, go. Okay, we so go. um first off, man, like Album that probably impressed me the most was um, the King's Disease album. I knew Nas. that was coming. I knew yeah. that was coming. <laughs> man, and the Hit Boy had a year. Oh man, he crushed it. So I'm gonna start with Nas. Um, uh, Two Chains. Okay, you know mm-hmm. the newest Two Chains album. I think it's um, So Help Me God or Lord Have Mercy. I can't remember sure. the name of it. Um, and that's a sleeper too. That's yeah, a hard sure. album, straight to finish, um, start to finish, and. Um, I think did Ross's newest album drop in twenty twenty? Um, Port of Miami two. Port of Miami two. Port of Miami two. Is that considered twenty twenty? Felt so long. I know, man. man. <laughs> I yeah. feel like it was twenty like twenty. I'm Brad so. looking it up right now. Yeah, 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 yeah we yeah, fact yeah. checking that one because okay. yeah, like, so we all we all in the same agreement. Twenty twenty was a long, long year, year, man. That was yeah. a long year. And then oh, while yeah. I'm looking that up too, Chris, man, okay. I get I fact check on that. But the next okay. category, um, three good places to shop at shop at in the city. Oh man, well you know I'm gonna lead with 704. Gotta go with that. Yeah, oh, rip. <laughs> yeah. Um, so shopping like retail. Um, that's a hard one too for me because I, you know, I really I do a lot of online shopping. Okay. Um, 
but if I had to throw, so in terms of like in the city, um, you know, we don't even have. Well, I was about to say, uh, you know, I wish we still had Eastland Mall. Remember back yeah. when we had Eastland Mall, man? Yeah. You could just like, yeah, you could, you could Charlotte, name man. some spots right off, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think I'll just throw South Park Mall, like as a mall out okay. there, right? Like if you're in the high end fashion, yeah, that's, that's probably that's where, where you're going to go. End up. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, I'm going I'm to use this as an opportunity to plug my brother uh, business. Um, I'm living B. I'm living B.com. They got a store here in Charlotte, too. Okay. Uh, you know, they got their own branding. They got actually two two locations, one here in Charlotte. And I think the other one is like in Rochester, New York. OK, but they got their own brand, just like 704 shop. But it's just different. It, it represents something different. Um, so, you know, for those that are looking want to look into that, man, just definitely look into uh, I'm living B.com. That's my bro. Most sure. definitely. Oh, Shout lady. out to them. Shout out to them. And um, yeah. to round it off, round, out, round off the good taste segment, your three favorite sneakers. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? Or three, you know what I'm saying? Three of your favorites. Jordan ones. Okay. I see y'all got this, the picture. Gotta have the Jordan ones. Shout out to Stove Top Visuals, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a dope shoot. Um, so Jordan ones, I'm going to go with. Um, uh, Air Max, Air okay. Maxes. You know, a particular number. Um, I think I think I just I I just copped a pair of um, white and pink. I think they're the nineties. Yeah, the nineties. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the nineties. Yeah. Um, I oh, like I, I like that body about. style. Yeah, for the uh, for the Air Max, and um, let's see, man. Um. You know, I've been starting to like really look into like, I mean, like in the past couple of years, I've really been into like the Balenciagas, the, the different styles that they got. But Pumas oh, yeah. is coming up big. Yeah. I really like the Puma styles um, and Asics. Okay. So, so if I had to fill in the third, I would probably go with like eight, like different Asics brands, man. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's dope, man. So that's the good taste segment. I think you can you came out strong, bro. You started off strong. Man, yeah, I appreciate good taste. I ain't know what categories y'all had. So it's <laughs> yeah, truly yeah, like yeah. in the hot seat. Like that's you what gotta I'm you gotta figure it out. We couldn't it had to be on the fly, so it was natural. No so that For was sure. yeah, that was dope. Yeah, real good answers, Chris, man. And you know, fact checking on the Port of Miami at two. So 2020 was a long year, but Port of Miami 2 was a 2019 release. Uh, okay, but okay. it still feels it like we'll accept it, man. We'll accept it. We'll accept it. I slid in. Yeah, yeah so, right, cool. you know, going straight into it, man, as we said, this is Good Taste, Bad Grammar with Rod, Brad, myself. And like I said, man, we're with a legend today, a true legend. And really, this guy doesn't need an introduction, Rod. Most but definitely. just reading off, like, you know, the short resume. Like I said, the short just resume. Just a little something. It's cool. It's like, like your it's elevator cool. pitch almost. You know what I'm, I'm telling you. Quick joint. I'm telling you, man. So today we are joined by a special guest, a mentor <laughs> to both myself and Rod. Chris Moxley, better known as Chris the Entrepreneur around the city, man, because he's a go-getter. This is a guy who is the co-owner of the... Charlotte's Lifestyle original brand, 704 Shop, dopest, one of the dopest spots here in the city. Yeah. Also, man, a board member on multiple boards and doing his thing, an entrepreneur, a true inspiration. Chris Moxley, take the floor, man, and talk to us, man. Man, I'm. first of all, I just want to, you know, you guys said a lot of great things about me, man, but I'm going to kick that back to y'all, man. Like, good taste, bad grammar is, is quickly becoming an institution, not just in charlotte but i just think in the podcast world you know broadly speaking you guys are giving 
folks a platform to really, you know, catapult their successes and tell their stories as black entrepreneurs yourselves. So I want to get I want to give a big big up to you guys for, 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 for staying sure. the course. And this is what like the third or fourth season for yeah, you guys yeah. and stuff like that, man. Like that's huge. So big up to y'all. Keep doing the great work, man. And it's 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 no problem for me to be a mentor for you guys and just help out in any way shape that I can. Um, you know, I've been blessed in everything that I do. I had great mentorships, right? So, you know, mentors. So it's just my my duty, really, to give it back to y'all. So, That's love. We yeah, appreciate that for day, sure, for sure, for sure, man. And, and also, too, real one, uh, real quick, one thing that I wanted to say. Uh, last year, back in 2020, when we had the opportunity of having Elevator J on the show, when we recorded that at a 704 shop, Chris was the individual who was able to allow us to make that happen. So as you said, you know, giving us our flowers, we're always and constantly going to give you your flowers and remind you how Forever much you mean to us. Forever grateful, for real. So thank appreciate you. that. Appreciate yeah. that. He Shout out to Elevator J, man. Most definitely. I was just bumping the, uh, uh, his album this week, man. Oh, so yeah, always, yeah. always. Most definitely. A dope artist. If you don't know about him, go ahead tap in. ASAP. Definitely. Definitely. Got to, man. So, man, going straight to it, man. Chris, like I said, bro, you're Charlotte native. You know, we touched on the resume, the small resume. But before anything, man, we got to talk about, you know, your upbringing. And the last time we were in the same presence, I screwed up the name, but I know it's Dilla Haycourts. I'm not going to mess it up no more. But, you know, man, tell us, you know, what's the story, man? How did it start? How did it begin, the Charlotte upbringing of a kid from Dilla Haycourts to where we are now? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, a lot of people, you know, because I've, I guess, over the past couple of years, just become more comfortable telling my story and embracing my story. Um, but it didn't start in Dillahay, actually. You know, uh, when I, you know, I was when I was born, like, you know, we was actually living on in, in Dillahay is North Charlotte, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to Dillahay. You know, we grew up, you know, I was living in a community called Winsong Trails, which is down uh, off of uh, Arrowwood Road and, you know, had a lot of family in the neighborhood. That was kind of like our little niche. Um, But my mom, you know, when we uh, I want to say so this would have been the summer before the fifth grade for me. Uh, My mom wanted to go back to school. Uh, which was, you know, full time because she didn't she had never went, you know, went to college. So she wanted to try to pursue a college degree. Okay. Um, and so, you know, that was going to, unfortunately, that was going to require her to, you know, quit her job and kind of go on public assistance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to take a couple of steps back to take a major leap forward. And that was something that, that, that she wanted to try to do. Obviously, that's a risky proposition for a single mom. And, you know, with uh, at that point in time, uh, three kids, my sister wasn't born yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, she applied for public housing and, um, you know, the first, the first, you, you guys probably remember like Earl Village and like yeah, my yeah. courts. Yeah. So they had, you know, they, they, they tried to get us to move in there. My mom, it was like those communities were you were like nah, really yeah. bad, yeah. you know, really, really, really tough environments. And, um, you know, my mom was like, she just didn't want her kids to be in an environment like that. Yeah. And so she kind of passed. Dillahay came up as like maybe like a third option at some point there was availability so it was you know as as bad as a neighborhood as people know it to be or that it can be it was you know it was like a country club compared to uh you know Earl Village and Piedmont Court so so we moved forward with that you know she did and um 
you know, so I grew up, you know, we stayed we stayed in Dillahay basically until I went to school, you know, until I went to um to college and um you know, ended up going to 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 UNC Charlotte. Uh well, actually my freshman year I went to uh Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, I actually ended up being like the first one in my immediate family to go to a four-year university. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, my mom had went to like Rutledge College and mm-hmm. like King's College and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, you know, nothing, nothing major. Not you know what I'm saying? Like not like a four-year university. So it was a big deal um, in my family for me to get accepted into Chapel Hill. Right. Um, in fact, I only applied to two schools when I was in high school. People, you know, now that. That would be yeah. like unheard of, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. I really only applied to two schools, um, Chapel Hill being one and NC State being the other one. Okay. Um, and I got into both schools. Um, you know, I was in the IB program and stuff like that mm-hmm. in high school, which is a academic Tell them where you went to high school, man. Oh, you know, so I, went, know. I went to the Harding H-U? University <laughs> High School, you know what I'm saying? Go Rams. Yeah. And, um, you know, did well in high school. Um did well in the IB program, and uh, but I only applied to two schools because, you know, at the time, like if you were on free or reduced lunch, you uh-huh. could you could apply to two schools and get uh, basically you would get two college waivers, um, mm-hmm. you know, to apply. Yeah, applications. For sure, uh, for sure. You know, the fees mm-hmm. waive, and you know those those applications can be you know a few hundred dollars a piece. Oh yeah, for sure. And we just didn't have that kind of money, um, you know, in the family to really, uh, you know, be kind of gambling it really on college applications and stuff like that so i had two for free i applied for two i got into two schools and i was like all right i'm gonna make it count yeah so um ultimately you know i ended up going to chapel hill as opposed to nc state because i had already done a um engineering uh summer program at georgia tech um for like two weeks and, you know, I got to attend some engineering courses and things like that and see mm-hmm. what a, a technical institute kind of looked like. Right. Um, and uh, decided I didn't really want to go that route. But I had went to um, a minority recruiting weekend that they have at Chapel Hill called Project Uplift. I've heard of that. And um, Project Uplift was a beautiful experience. Um, you know, you really get to see a lot of sharp people that look like you mm-hmm. um and i ain't gonna lie it was a lot of pretty black women um <laughs> that's and how I, I got the answer so I, ain't <laughs> gonna go, I ain't gonna play you that's how i ended up yeah, that's how I, was was like, I was like yo this is it right here man mm-hmm. so um so i ended up going to chapel hill um i only stayed a year you know um but long story short it was like you know i was balancing a lot of a lot of things my freshman year, I bit off um, way more than I could chew, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't really have any mentors, anybody to tell me what to expect once I got on campus. And I was largely making a lot of the wrong decisions, too. You know, I decided I was going to run track. You know, I made the track team as a walk-on, so I wasn't, you know, on scholarship or anything like that. Yeah. But that's a hugely demanding schedule, you know, participating in like d1 acc athletics yeah, that's, yeah, a job sure. at that that's level. the top that's the top level um and so you know we had to be at track practice at like 6 a.m mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they run you for an hour they would run us from chapel hill to carborough and back you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. it was it was serious business um and then uh on top of that i had a full course load um, second semester, I ended up having to, um, you know, do work study, 
um, as part of my financial aid and everything like Mm -hmm. that. So I had a lot going on. And, you know, over the summer, I decided, you know, I was like, man, like, okay, I I could. And so my grades actually weren't the best either that that first semester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, First semester. And then second semester, I did. I did a lot better, um, partly because, you know, track season eased up. You know, once 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 track season starts. They don't run you as hard because they're right. trying to keep you healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but in the, in the in the spring in the, in the, in the winter semester, it's, it's like right, yeah. trying to get you in shape. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta make sure you ready. Yeah, trying to make sure you're ready for the season. So it was a little bit easier on me um, second semester. Plus, I had I just kind of had gotten myself together mentally. Right? Yeah, figured yeah. out what that was like. And so over the summer, I was like, man, okay. Maybe if I just take some 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 courses at UNC Charlotte, mm-hmm. like you know, just for the spring semester of my sophomore year, and then I'll have all that stuff transfer back to Chapel Hill. It'll mm-hmm. help my GPA, and I can I can kind of hit the reset button. But UNC Charlotte ended up being like a much better experience for me. I think largely because I was I was just more focused as a student. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't gonna allow some of the same distractions. That had gotten in my way freshman year to also affect me at UNC Charlotte, mm-hmm. um, because obviously, like a lot of the same distractions are there, right? There's still all the same parties, there's still all the, you know, people and this and that. But I think I had just gotten a lot sharper uh, mentally, more focused. So ended up doing really good that 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 one semester at um, UNC Charlotte. I was on like I made straight A's. I was on the chancellor's list. I had never been on a chancellor's list. Yeah. Um, so. Ended up getting recruited into the business honors program um, and, you know, where the classes were a lot more like the IB program that I was used to uh, with smaller classes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's only only 30, 40 people, you know, kids in a class. And really yeah. just hone in on that. Yeah, you can like really it. build those bonds with your professors and your, uh, you know, and your, and, and your classmates. So that ended up being a, a much better experience for me. And that's, you know, that was why I stayed and didn't transfer back. But that was a big deal, man, like in my family, because it was like, oh, you know, you was at Chapel Hill, you yeah. know, everybody's Tar Hill fans. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a Duke fan, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm that's not a crazy Tar Hill fan. That's that crazy. is a, yeah. I'm a, a Duke paradox. fan. I grew, I grew up a Duke fan, but I was happy to run track for the Tar Hills, man. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that one that one season that, that So, that so I'll be was honest, there. did you let up when y'all ran against Duke? Oh no no no! No okay 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 no no because I'm too competitive. There you go. I'm too competitive. I, I want to win regardless. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. But when that tobacco roll robbery hit, you hey, you throwing that Duke jersey on in the door? Oh, you, I did. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. I was. Uh, well, in, in fact, I had class with him. How you got yeah, a Duke jersey on? Because it was like actually, what I would do was, um, and nobody knew this, but like when 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 Duke would play Carolina, it was like I would just kind of dis. I would just <laughs> oh, he would disappear, and I, I would just because because I, I had a TV in my door room and stuff like that. I would watch the game in my room. Yeah, where Chris and, like, everybody would be like, well, I, ain't, I don't know where Chris is. You know, it's like, because I, I got, I, I can't watch it with everybody else. Yeah. I would be the reaction to different. one of the Duke players, right. you know. So I, I can't get exposed on campus, man. Right. That would be very, very bad. Y'all know how that rocks. Ain't nobody is, giving but. you no more homework, no <laughs> help. Nobody want to help yeah. you. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I can't be the pariah on campus, man. Oh, like, yo, nah. he's secretly a Duke fan, man. Yeah, so, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of like my trajectory from you know Dillahay into school um you know ended up graduating from UNC Charlotte um 2003 I studied abroad so I, my original graduation year would have been 2002 okay um because I was class in 98 in high school mm-hmm. um but it basically it ended up taking me an extra 
academic year to graduate because I transferred schools. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I studied abroad for a semester in Costa Rica. Talk um, a little bit about that, man. I think that's an experience that a lot of people don't have. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, black I'm, I'm a big advocate on you know cultural immersion, mm-hmm. um, especially while kids are in school. You know because. Sometimes it can be harder to travel once you get out of school, right? Like right. once you get, you know, a job and a an apartment yeah. and you get bills and, mm-hmm. you know, life kind of gets static, you know yeah. what I mean? Like while you're in school, there's a lot there's a lot of programs out there whether it's exchange programs or just, you know, study abroad programs mm-hmm. um where you, you know, where you just go to another country and study a particular topic. So like for me, mine was um you know, I was I was an international business major. So you mm-hmm. gotta take a whole bunch of um foreign language, you know, okay. uh components and credits. And so I was able to partner with a company, I mean a um a program called uh CEA Cultural Experiences Abroad. And basically they have, you know, programs all over the world, but this particular one was in Costa Rica and it was a Spanish language immersion. Mm. Right. So Basically, I was going to get three um, the whole semester. I just took I, I took all Spanish. Right. So and then those credits would come in back to Rica. Yeah. In Costa Rica. All so right. I was at a um, uh, um, actually the 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 school that I was at was actually an art institute. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like an art and architecture institute. But our program was just being hosted there. Mm Right. So all the, the local students that were there were all arts and architecture students. Okay. Um, and then you had our program, which was kids that had came in from all over the world. Like there oh, was yeah. kids there from Russia. It was a lot. Most of us was from the U.S. though. Mm-hmm. Um, but all over the country. Was it different schools in the U.S., not just UNCC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. I was I was the only kid there from UNC Charlotte. Okay. Right. Um, I was there was another guy there. um that was from Charlotte. His name was James, but he was he he had came to found out about the program. He was at the University of Pittsburgh. Okay, right. So it was people just all over, man, yeah. like that had found out about this particular program, applied, and um and came. And you know, some of those folks are still like my good good friends to this yeah. day. You know, mm-hmm. even even locals like they're in Costa Rica that I met. Right. Um. Yeah. And so it just again, man, like that's an experience that I'll never forget. Always cherished. Man. Always cherished. That was my first. I had never been on a plane before, mm. right? First time I'm, I, I got on an airplane was was basically to leave the country. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a jump. <laughs> yeah, it's a big jump. Prior to that, I had only been on, uh, you know, actually my first time getting on a train was to go to Atlanta to go to that Georgia Tech program. Oh, right? okay. So that goes to show you like how sheltered our, yeah. our experiences can be when you come from certain backgrounds in certain mm-hmm. neighborhoods but mm-hmm. i was always willing to just like you know really try to step out there and you know my mom didn't want me to study abroad she you know it's like oh, oh you know you're gonna leave yeah. i don't it's know new. what's gonna happen you might not come back like, right. you know it's it's a lot it's a lot of risk right and letting right. Your, your 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 kids go and do stuff like that mm-hmm. if that's not what you you know, I'm about to say it's if not, you're not, not even used, used to that, that. Yeah. you haven't seen you haven't yeah. seen that happen. Yeah, yeah. but it's a whole different me, environment. Yeah, exactly. But it was just I knew that it was something that that I wanted to do. Plus, it was in line with my program, obviously yeah. academically. So, uh, but I I loved it, man. So I'm I'm always advocating for kids to look at opportunities to go absolutely and 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 look at other cultural experiences and stuff like that. So absolutely, yeah. And then that's one thing too, like you know, with 
you having that cool experience being able to travel to Costa Rica and you mentioned that you were an international business student. Was that something when you went to college, that's something that you always wanted to do? Because, you know, obviously you had the experience with Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. Was that something you just said, I want to do this like this is for me or did it how did that come about? That's a good question, man. Um, And, you know, largely, man, it's like a lot of times I struggle with what it is that I actually want to do because I'm not not bragging or boasting, but it's like. I usually end up being good at a lot of different things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I was I always did well academically. So it wasn't like, oh, you know how a lot of times it'd be like, oh, you know, you're really good at math. So like maybe you should pursue something along those lines. Or like, yeah. you know, oh, you're really good at, you know, speaking to people and communication. So maybe you should go into broadcasting and right. stuff like that. People will try to push you towards like what your strengths are. Yeah. But for me, it was just kind of like, yeah, it was so lot. it was so ubiquitous and like bland was just like man like I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I that I knew that I wanted to do was um, I knew that I wanted to do something business or finance related, but obviously like that's such a big umbrella and yeah. I really didn't know which lane. So I think the way the way that I ended up with international business was you know in the IB program we had to take a lot of foreign language like already. Mm-hmm. So back in high school, back in high school. Uh-huh. So, you know, and my particular track was was Spanish. Okay. So I was just trying to really figure out how I can blend like all this Spanish credit that I got mm-hmm. in the business component and put them together. Yeah. To make so it, it was make, like, oh, yeah. international business. And right. then once I once I decided that was going to be my track. Then I was like, okay, well, what what does one actually do with an international business degree? Uh You know, there's a lot of businesses in Charlotte um, that are, in fact, um, internationally based, right? Like around like import, export. Yeah. um, Especially like German companies. Like a lot of people don't know that there's a heavy influence of like German companies in Charlotte. Charlotte. So I was really going to try. And even though Spanish was like my language, that was just going to be kind of like my key into you know into either either a import export or b um currency trading Mm -hmm. you know um you know or something along those lines um i ended up not doing either but you know i definitely was able to utilize my degree coming out of school going into like financial services related roles and things like that you know with, with with the city being such a a big banking center and everything like that i think most people business kids kind of try to gravitate towards towards those roles so yeah and and that's the perfect opportunity to kind of segue so you know after college you know you did your thing in college to to not blow by that you know graduated (laughs) top five percent of your class with honors you know what i'm saying like you said international business degree you know uh chancellor's list dean's list multiple times good job you know but you know you moved on and and you got your first role like you said in the financial industry at, at northwestern mutual um, and, you know, just to kind of, you know, brag for you, you know, a little bit of what you did and, and kind of your professional career, because we're going to get into that a little bit, you know, as well as the entrepreneur um, type side of your career. Um, but, you know, obtained your, your life insurance, you know, um, license and accident health insurance. Um, and then you had, you know, your Series 6, your 63 six, uh, security registrations, your uh, CIPP. Yeah. Um, for the U.S., you know, what I'm saying a lot of different awards, a lot of different achievements in your in your professional <clears throat> career. So, kind of talk to how you know you transitioned from UNCC. You know, did the international studies. You know, what I'm saying did you know the international business and transition into your first role. You know, yeah. here in Charlotte. You know, it's funny. Um, I always like 
t- telling this story. Um, <clears throat> as good as I did in college, you know, all of those accolades, you know, did well, graduated at the top of my class, all these academic honor societies and all this stuff, and that's great. Um, it looks good on paper, but at the end of the day, I don't want to say none of it mattered. It mm-hmm. did matter, but most of where we get in life in terms of opportunities comes from like who we know, mm-hmm. and it's not about what you know. Absolutely. So when I go on campus now and I'm talking to college kids at UNC Charlotte or other places, um, you know, I'm about to go do Johnson C. Smith hopefully in February um, and talk to some students there. Networking. Yeah. Meeting people, you know, um, going to career fairs, you know, go to network, go to where your, your potential employers are and make relationships with hiring manager recruiters and things like that. Um, get involved on campus. Um, some of that hurt me because like when I was at UNC Charlotte, I was, because I had gotten so overly involved, I think at, at Chapel Hill, time. yeah, I kind of, I pulled back on like everything and I was like, all right, I'm going to only focus on my academics. And yeah. I had a stellar academic resume, but I didn't get involved in student government. I didn't get involved yeah. in clubs and things like that. I had a lot of stuff going on off campus where I was in inroads and I was volunteering with the Charlotte Housing Authority Scholarship Fund and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of picking up like leadership roles on campus and those things help because those are stories that you get to tell when you go and you interview with folks. Right. Um, and so for me, I really struggled, you know, when I graduated in May of 2003, you know, we were, um, I think, you know, the company, excuse me, the country was, uh, was at war, you know, it was like the Iraq war was still yeah. like a big deal. So it was like, um, finding a job in terms, you know, the job market was really tight as a result of that. And so that's where, again, it comes down to like who you know to help get you opportunities and things like that. And so, you know, I I didn't have the social capital probably that I needed in terms of, you know, um, hiring managers and people that's just like, oh, you know, I can hit them up and be like, hey, you know, what opportunities do you guys have and things like that. Right. So I ended up having to, you know, I got a job, you know, I was interviewing, interviewing, not getting anything. And. I ended up just working at like Brownlee Jewelers for like, you know, right there up on um, on uh, 49 mm-hmm. on University City Boulevard. I worked there for like six months or so, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and that was a struggle, man, because I didn't have a I didn't even, I didn't have a car or anything like that. I'll have to walk to work like yeah. rain. Like <laughs> it, it don't matter. It was it was it, it was tough in the cold um, wearing your shoes thin. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like. So it was it was a struggle. I didn't get on um, at Northwestern Mutual even actually on my own merit. Um, the dean, uh, Doctor Hogue, rest in yeah. peace. He ended up passing away. Um, yeah, I saw you uh, had a lot of um, in your interview with Belk. As far as the Belk uh, Belk School of Business, you mm-hmm. had a lot of love to show him as well. Yeah, so we'll, he, we'll get into he, that too. Yeah, he he showed me a lot of love, and you know he. Um, Knew that I was kind of having a hard time because you know we would check in periodically. And yeah, and that's weird to have somebody like that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he made a call to um, the managing partner who he knew there at at Northwestern Mutual, and was like, "Hey, you know, I got a kid that's really talented, really bright, but was having trouble getting on. You know, opportunities. 
I send him down, can you guys take a look at him, see if he, you know, if you got any openings or whatever. And, right. and so, you know, um, Northwestern Mutual, their bread and butter is, you know, life insurance agents. Right. You know, it's 100% commission. Um, and so they're not they're not really paying you anything. It's, it's about what you, you, what you make. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but of course, for a role like that, you kind of got to have six months of, you know, saved income because you might be working, you know, day in and day out. But until you really start making some sales and building a book of business, you're not yeah. really making anything. So you mm-hmm. got to have some savings, yeah. um, either your own savings or have family support or something. None of which mm-hmm. I had. <laughs> yeah. So Perfect. You know, talent, talent, opportunity, yeah. not the capital. <laughs> not, yeah, none of that. So, so I, you know, I came, I went down, I interviewed well. They offered me a, a, a position as a sales agent, and I was like, you know, that's really not going to work for me. Um, first of all, I don't, I don't even have reliable transportation to go and meet with people and drive right. to them and this kind of stuff. So that's not going to work. So I said, I appreciate it. You know, I tested well. You know, you got to do all the assessments and stuff that they right. have you do. Um, and honestly, it was like they called back and was like, well, how about this? Um, we really, really like you. Mm-hmm. And how about we make a position for you? Like they literally created a position for me. It didn't exist. Um, basically, I, you know, I started as like an administrative, you know, assistant mm-hmm. type, you know, helping people with appointments and uh, getting the managing director's coffee and managing yeah. his schedule and scheduling meetings around the office, kind of like an office manager. Right. Um, very largely administrative stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which I could do in my sleep. Right. And so, but I, I think once I got in there and they saw how talented I was, how um, good I was with people, and how I was able to actually navigate all of the different social you know um statuses that they have there Mm -hmm. right you got some people that's super executive you got killer agents you got Mm -hmm. entry-level agents Mm -hmm. you got back office staff front office staff but it was like i was able to kind of like just be me and be a chameleon with everybody like everybody knows chris like he cool like chris cool with everybody yeah and so the managing director he saw that talent and um, he was like, well, Chris, you know, I know you want to get into like financial services. So like, you know, how about we create a pathway to where, uh, you know, you can go and work with Michelle up in investments on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, I know she's trying to we're, we're trying to grow that business. And I think you would be a really good fit up there. And so that was actually how, um, you know, the first step was to get my life insurance uh, licenses and stuff like that. Um Unfortunately, so I I ended up moving up there. I was only I was only on that platform for about I want to say maybe like less than a year because mm-hmm. they ended up having to downsize, okay. and so it just ended up not working out. But I had gotten my life insurance, um, you know, life and health uh, insurance for for North Carolina while I was there. I was able to transition that into my next opportunity, which was at a company called PFPC, mm-hmm. which is a division of PNC Bank out of Pittsburgh. Okay. They had a contract doing back office work for Bank of America. So uh, like 529 education savings accounts, doing data entry and doing some trades and stuff like that. Uh, not trades, transfers, moving mm-hmm. money from one account to another. While I was there, that's where I was able to get my 6 and 63 Yeah, um, because... Funny, funny story about that was when they hired me, they had already they were. 
um, they had they were in the process of losing that contract with Bank of America. Okay. Because Bank of America had purchased or merged with like Fleet Boston. So mm-hmm. what we were doing that that body of work was going to be moving to Boston. To them. Okay. And so, but they needed people still in the interim to wind down the contract. Okay. Right. So it was like they was like, well, if you come on with us, we'll sponsor you to get your licenses that you don't have. And we'll pay you a bonus as long as you stay till like December 31st or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, right? Yeah, like we, anything we, probably, yeah, yeah, we need people to stay because people jumping ship left and right. Yeah, like, I gotta go, y'all. Yeah, I, to I gotta get my, I gotta, you know, uh, Wells Fargo, you know, whoever, walk over right. there, give me a job, so I'm gonna go over there. Well, I was like, cool. Well, I don't, I don't have a job, so like, yeah, I'm gonna take this. <laughs> work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something's always better than nothing, right? Plus, you know, again, they allowed me to get my 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 securities registrations. One of the things that they were doing for all of the employees that stayed until the end was um, they would do um, job fairs, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. every other week, it would be like, you know, six to eight employers that would come in because these people have their licenses. They're about to lose their job. Uh, that's but a it's good still point. a crazy talent pool. Yeah, right here. yeah, for sure. And so all in one place, right? all in one place. Mm-hmm. So uh, TIAA ended up being one of the companies that I f- that came to the um, one of the job fairs. I had never heard of TIAA before. Didn't mm-hmm. know what it was, and uh, you know, but they were there, and I, you know, uh, I interviewed for them. Kind of, kind of on the spot there. You know, you do a little preliminary assessment, talk uh-huh. to the recruiters and stuff like that, and they were hiring for. Um, call center positions okay and so i was like man i was terrified because i was like man i don't want to be on the phones i know oh, what if you what if you mess up you right. say the wrong thing like yada yada but i ended up taking up taking a role at um at tiaa um and you know i got hired there in the call center doing basically like retirement you know portfolio management okay um some life insurance some brokerage uh stuff like that i ended up staying at tiaa for almost 15 years you know, I started November seventh, two thousand and five, uh-huh. and um, I stayed there until November seventh, two thousand twenty. Two thousand twenty. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, I finally left there and left corporate America, and now I'm full time entrepreneur on my own, still trying to figure it out. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of like long yeah. story short like my my career journey career. yeah corporate career journey mm-hmm. for sure yeah. and well, i know one thing too man i wanted to comment on as you were sharing that story of just like how you were able to you know ex- have your journey you know throughout your uh, corporate america experience uh one thing that i am that a huge fan of i'm a fan of stories and i'm a fan of how you can connect with somebody throughout a story mm-hmm. and uh podcast that i listen to uh, rod and i both listen to knuckleheads podcast if you're familiar with it or not uh, it's a basketball podcast hosted by Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, and they had they had uh, Damian Lillard come on. Mm. And the thing that I like about Damian Lillard, similar to your story, it wasn't that he wasn't talented; he wasn't able to have the exposure to be able to be placed with people. Like, let, yeah, let me see the talent. And you know, for Damian Lillard, he had the opportunity to go to the Adidas camp when he was a junior. Went to the Adidas camp. The rest is history. Uh, right. he, he did work. Shot up uh, and became a lottery pick. And I know for you, just hearing that from your story of like, 
you know, they went out of their way to make a position for you. And as soon as you got into that environment, it's like, wow, like, right. we, done, we done drafted a seven-round gym, you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, we done, found, we done found something. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think, I think I that's special. I never thought about it like that. For, and, you yeah. know, I think, and I think that's a, a testament to who you are as a person, regardless of what the role was. Uh, no matter what the situation was, how you were saying you were even getting out the mud of, you know, walking to work and doing yeah. what you had to, you were hungry. Right. And I think like that resiliency is something that is really a testament to seeing how you move now. So much love to you there. I bro. appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I, I, I never really thought about it like that. You know, uh, shout out to Northwestern Mutual, man. I mean, I, I'll always be grateful for you know to them for taking a risk on me. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of risk, you know, on. On their part, but um, you know that that absolutely got me started, and um, because from there, right? I think it's you know how it is, man. Like a lot of times, it's like you just somebody just needs to give you your first shot. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And then you got Northwestern Mutual on your resume. That's a brand That's that a people brand, know. Yeah. People know that. It's yeah. like okay, so then that makes it easier for your next opportunity, right, next opportunity, right. and you just kind of keep building from there. So. Um, you know, to this day, that I think that's why I'm lights out focused on connecting with yeah. people now. Mm-hmm. You know, building social capital um, is just as valuable as building any skill set. You've seen yeah. it work. I've seen it work. I know. I know the power of it. And in many cases, like I said, it's it's not about what you know. It's, it's about, about who you you're know. connected to and who will be an advocate for you when you're not in the room. Gotcha. Um, I can't tell you guys like how many times people are like, oh, you know, you got to talk to Chris and like people call you and it's like, hey, I, I just talked to you about such and such. And that's how deals happen. Right. You know, that's why these, you, you know, our white counterparts go and play golf together. It's like these deals are happening. They're building relationships mm-hmm. in environments where typically like we aren't. Right. And so um, connectivity is uh is a big deal for sure you know yeah and i just i got my clubs last year i'm not good but i'm trying, I'm trying I got, to get i gotta get back out there <laughs> man I still, right now i still i got a um i got a i got a pair of used clubs okay that um dr john t crawford who's the founder of the charlotte housing authority scholarship fund now called the greater step scholars um he gifted me a pair of uh golf clubs because he's like a mentor of mine for sure. Mm-hmm. And he that's his sport like he's 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 long retired but he does golf lessons like in his retirement like mm-hmm. you know cuz he's passionate about golf. Yeah. And uh so yeah, he yeah. he gave me a pair of golf clubs and now I got to get back with him to get yeah. get back on my <laughs> lessons, lessons, you know. Now, right? Yeah. So man, I got the tools now yeah, I need the lessons. That's right. <laughs> Shoot, man, after this episode we all got to get out there but you know yeah. switching gears and yep. you know staying on the same subject that you were saying of just having that social capital and being able to connect with endless amount of people, we want to touch on the 704 shop. You yes, know, sir. 704 shop, really nothing needs to be said, but you, just... You hear it in yeah, the title. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know the what I'm saying? in the city. It, it's, it's in the city. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely really resonant with the city, but the one thing that I like about 704 shop, and you guys have it in your bio as well, you're dedicated to bring people together, and you guys have a unique story. You know, you and your two business owners that were able to establish that, because you guys were college roommates. So, right. as we dive into the 704 shop, just kind of tell us how that happened, you know, the experience with your roommates, all you guys having the love and uh, passion for your hometown. And here we are today, you guys being right. the number one, and I repeat, the number one <laughs> ranked by Charlotte one. Magazine, the best Charlotte brand in the city, man. So go ahead and touch on that. Yeah, so, um, you know, 
kind of rewinding the tape back to UNC Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. That's where that's where it all started for us. Uh, we were all, you know, Scott and I were roommates first um, in uh, the apartment community. It used to be called Campus Edge. Now it's called The Edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but to, it's the same had spot. had to sauce it up. Right? You know? It's not like the bit. And so, you know, I, I met Scott purely by happenstance you know uh when we were i was i was with another um long time you know friend of mine also named scott and he and i uh were looking for an apartment together mm-hmm. we're literally in the lobby of you know the apartment complex and in walks the other scott right and his mom and they're because they was looking for an apartment too and you know i'm standing six four six five you know <laughs> Uh, my my other my longtime friend Scott at the time he's like right there at my height maybe six three, and then in comes the other you know seven oh four shop Scott Scott's probably six feet six one mm. his mom was like maybe you should get in with them they they talk <laughs> go, go talk to them shout out to mom you know, yeah, mama, mama, oh, mama you. made it happen so she she's it's like go, go talk to those guys they look like you know they're tall they, they're probably cool <laughs> he came over and we start chatting and. It was like, all right, so maybe the three of us should just look for an apartment together. And yeah, we did man. it just like that. Sure enough, organic. they had, That's yeah, organic. just organic. Sure enough, they ended up having um, an apartment that was uh, only had one occupant in it and had three rooms okay, yeah. available. Yeah. And so uh, we all, you know, ended up being roommates, man. And um, funny, funny story about it is, you know, we... Um, I was really into music, you know, I was like writing a lot of, you know, uh, rap music and stuff at the time. And Scott had, you know, had kind of gotten into doing beats and stuff. He had purchased some equipment, some keyboards and all this kind of stuff. So we was doing music together for, you know, just in our in in, in our apartment, um, having fun with it. It was, you know, a hobby that transitioned, um, you know, into um, a business venture um, that we had at the time where we had a studio and I was running a studio and we was doing our own music. Um, Scott ended up moving to Pittsburgh for a DJ opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, because right. he was DJing here in the city and uh, had an opportunity to go and DJ in Pittsburgh. So he took that. Um, he ended up being, you know, in Pittsburgh for like 10 years, got inspired around some of the brands in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's that four one two shop, right? Yeah, four one two shop. Steel City is is another one that's big up there, and uh, but the idea was, yo, like those are hometown pride brands for for their market, right? And it was like, okay, we don't have anything like that in Charlotte, like on the on the level that like we would like to have it, and so that was where the idea for seven zero four shop really came from, and uh, you know he tapped he tapped Jerry who's. Uh, the third business partner, okay. um, Jerry used to Jerry and Scott met playing intramural football at UNC Charlotte. <laughs> so next thing you know, Jerry's at the apartment all yeah, the time, yeah, hanging yeah, out. Yeah. We all hanging out together. Um, him and Scott ended up move, once Scott moved out of our apartment. Him and Jerry got an apartment together okay. um, at I think it's called Legacy Legacy Park Apartments yeah. or uh, also up in the university area. So we so we were all roommates at different points in time. Mm. So anyway, when Scott moved away. He tapped Jerry first around the opportunity for 704 Shop to get to get that going. And I was still kind of heavily involved with the music stuff. Yeah. And so um, they uh, created 704 Shop, the two of them, and kind of getting it off the ground. 
And uh, eventually they, they started tapping me to help them with business ideas, you know, mm-hmm. marketing ideas or whatever. Just, you know, be an extra set of eyes and ears. And um, apparently they, you know, thought highly enough of my feedback and my, <laughs> uh, you know, my, my value add. And so they asked me if I wanted to be um, a, a formal partner in the business and things mm-hmm. like that. And, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, man, like these are my homeboys, yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. you know, and so... This was this was long before we was making any money. You know what I mean? It was no money uh, coming in. So it was like, the of dream, course, man. Of course, you're gonna say yes. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it true y'all wrote the idea on the napkin? Absolutely. that's a true fact. That's a true fact. <laughs> Scott Scott drew that the idea uh, on the napkin. Funny story about that is um, him and his brother in law. Um, they were in Pittsburgh, I guess, at the time, trying to come up with a logo. And you know, it's a drawing is a art is a oh, iterative yeah. process. So right. they're doing different things, and so they had they kind of had the basis of the logo down, you know. And Scott went to take a number two, <laughs> and he had the idea of how to connect the logo while he was doing that. And he came out of the bathroom was like, "I got it," <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, and that was it. And it was just like so. Basically, it's like they kind of had the core of, of the logo together but there's like one you know uh you got i don't know if you i don't have anything that's got my logo on it right now oh right here yeah, right here yeah, yeah, yeah. so he had he had this guy like all the way together but he didn't have you see how the four has also this uh this line here the yeah, same yeah. as the seven yeah so without this you can't it doesn't make it to where you can flip the logo upside down like it's not an anagram uh, an like right. it is so he had the seven, he had the zero. Whoa, he had I'm the oh, I ain't yeah. even never repeating that. Yeah. Whoa, that's not, that's the first time. I am hard. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm looking at it like, yo, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's that's hard. Yeah, yeah. So if you flip it Wait. upside down, it's the same logo. I've seen that logo yeah. so many times. <laughs> yeah. like, everywhere. Looking at mine now, like, right, yeah. Yeah. oh, I ain't never repeat that. Is so dope. Yeah. So he, he went to the bathroom and was looking at it and was like, he just put that little other mark on there and was like, yeah. boom, got it. Man. That's game changer. I'm game changer. Shook. Like, I'm yeah. still looking yeah. at it like, that's crazy. Yeah, so. that's, hey, that's definitely making it real. We gotta, <laughs> I'm like, we gotta, that's making I'm it real. Like, yeah. A lot of times people don't recognize it. <laughs> nah, until, people, until I'm telling you, a whole bunch of people about to realize, right? Because I know people ain't people. <laughs> that. Like, that's, that's, yeah, that's fire. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's kind of, I mean, you know. Um, that's where the, the idea for 704 Shop came from, basically how we got started. You know, when we first started, um, again, Scott was living in Pittsburgh and Jerry and I were, were in Charlotte. And obviously we were just online, right? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have a storefront or anything like that. This is The company was founded in 2013. The first two years was really difficult. In terms of just figuring it out, trying to figure out how to how to grow a brand, right? How to market? Um, who do we want to be as a company? Mm-hmm. And so it took us kind of two years, bumping our head and you know mistakes, trials and errors, uh, to really figure that out. Around 2015, we really started to hit our stride. Uh, we started doing a lot of pop ups, you know, really taking our business to the streets around the city. Around the city. Okay. Um, I mean, in, in some cases, we would venture as far as like Kannapolis and Conville and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, that was more the um, exception than the norm. Most of the events that we would do would definitely be within the city, right. you know, within the city limits. 
And a lot of it was in 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 the South Charlotte South End area. Okay. Um, just because they had a lot of events like going on that you know people was trying to create little markets and you know uh, front porch Sundays mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. that we were able to to take advantage of um, the South End Wine Festival and things like that where we had built some relationships to be able to go and sell our stuff uh, there as well. And what we what we found out or what we noticed was that when we would do events we would sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Right when we were in front of people, Jerry and I was like, you know, we we had great products, but you also had people that were tied to the products and can tell the story and yeah. can really, you know, get people to uh, understand the gravity of it and why they should, you know, should support you and that you're from the area and you know, it's three guys from UNC Charlotte that created this thing and right, right. So you can draw people in, um, and that that was, um, you know very beneficial for us because in many cases we would see very little sales during the week and then when the weekend would come we'd do the, an event events, it's like yeah. boom we would make you know a few hundred dollars or whatever it is a thousand dollars it's like okay so how do we do more events you know and what i'm saying like let's let's crush it on the events part go this ahead. is why you're this is why you're at northwestern where you where no you this is sparking. okay yeah you're so at this, i'm at tiaa okay. at this time okay. yeah so um and so you know um, it's tough giving up your weekends and giving yeah, up, you know, exactly. weeknights. Um, in many cases, to to build a business, but it was like we felt like we had something that could be cool, you know. Mm-hmm. That could, you know, we don't know how big it's gonna get, but it's like, man, like let's just let's just keep pushing, keep pushing, right. let's keep pushing all in the same direction. Um, and. We had kind of gotten so aggressive with our pop-up schedule. I mean, we had to start publishing our pop-up schedule. Like, all right, guys, it's October 1st, and the newsletter would go out, and it'd be like, here's all the pop-ups we're going to be in in the next month or whatever, um, so that people could really schedule around coming to make sure they saw us at the pop-ups. And some of that was intentional because we we really wanted to draw people to the pop-ups because... Um, you know, well, here, here's what I would say. We would deliberately not put stuff online um, first, right? We would we would only that release like the new releases. We would have it at the pop up only. Yeah. So exclusivity. I yeah, got this from yeah. So it's yeah. like it, you you kind of create that same nostalgia of like standing in line for the Jays. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like oh. if you want it and you you want to make sure you get it before your size sell out. You got to come see us yeah. at the pop up, and we would. In many cases, I, I'm kidding you not. If the pop up started at eleven, we would have a line forming at ten thirty. Right. and that's creating brand loyalty. It's creating, too. yeah. And so, in in some cases, people would man, they would be adamant. Like we ain't even got the stuff out of the boxes and set up yet. I'm still trying to <laughs> put the tent out. I'm trying to I'm trying to do all that. And they're like, man, can I just go ahead and get my purchase, man? So I, I I gotta go do that. So I'm like, man, now you gotta wait, man. I gotta get set up. I can't. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was it was crazy, man. We had a lot of fun, um, but that really led us down the path of you know st- trying to search out um, a, a permanent um, storefront. Yeah. Right, that didn't happen for us until 2017. You know, December of 2017 is when we launched the store in South End. Um, but before that, we did a a short term kind of. I guess intermediate term. We did a forty-five day pop-up at the Epicenter okay. um, as well, and even though we were going to be there only forty-five days, 
we put a huge art installation in there and really made it like for the city. We made it yeah. cool, made it feel like it was going to be permanent, right? And um, because again, like everything that we do has the customer experience in mind. We want people to. You're selling experiences as much as you're selling product, mm-hmm. right? That's something that that we kind of keep in mind. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, did well with that because before that, it was like, man, like if we get a store, like, do we have an, like we don't have the staff to, you know what I mean? Like staff mm-hmm. it, like that's something where you you got to start taking on people. Like, do we have the money to hire people? Is everyone else also working uh, full time corporate roles at the same time? Nah. So well. Um, Scott was the only one that was working for 704 shop full time. Well, he can't work by himself. So, so it was like yeah. Jerry and I was at work. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. we ain't gonna be able to come work in the store. Right. Uh, we can we can work weekends, right? But it but then what it does is it you know it, it was it was a situation where it kind of pushed Scott into the store like all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Full time, and so slowly we you know we was able to hire some part-time folks but in the beginning you know when we did that pop-up 90 percent of the time it was scott there yeah you know what i mean just because again like jerry and i got our day jobs and we didn't really have at that point in time we hadn't hired other people you know temporary or um you know uh part-timers to 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 come help us out because we didn't we didn't know if we would have the revenue for that yeah, yeah right? exactly yeah. so you you're gonna you're gonna try to do what you can internally for as long as you can right <laughs> um and so you know, you're trying to run it. We we always run our business like a startup, right? You try to keep your expenses as lean as possible mm-hmm. um, and put the dollars into things that make money for you. And so... Um, That's free game right there. Yeah. Little, so, I mean, you know... <laughs> so, so uh, slowly, I think we, we started to take on some part-time folks and stuff like that. But, yeah, um, but yeah so we did that pop-up. I want to say that was like February, March. Um Reevaluated things for a few months, started looking for spaces, and then we landed on the South End spot yeah. and launched uh, launched it in uh, December of 2017. For sure, yeah. And, so you know, even touching on that, one thing that I'm curious to know about, you know, we've had different individuals that work amongst a team. You know, we were fortunate enough to have uh, Paul Duncan and Jeff Lockhart, uh, two members, two thirds of the Clean Slate, and I know for you, it's three guys as yeah. well. Yeah, and yeah. Far as us, like you know, me and Rogers, yeah, us too. Yeah, yeah, same. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, shout out to Hunt too, man, and uh, Tyler. They're uh, part of our team as well. And um, one thing that I'm curious to know, man, like every team has a role. And for you, that story, like you said, Scott was in the office, and he was like, "Yo, like you know, I know you guys are busy, but at the same time, y'all still had that vision mind of like, yo, we're gonna get this happen. We're gonna get this happen.' And you know, fast forward to 2020." You know, you just left your six-figure role uh, to say, like, this is this is my Don't love. Don't miss that. Don't yeah, miss this, that. Yeah, this is what Six I love. Six-figure role. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hear it. You hear it. Yeah. And one thing, like, as far as your team, like, seeing you, and I know, like, your primary responsibilities would really just be able to create more brand visibility, and you kind of are, like, a face with that. You know, when you're out in the streets, people are like, yo, that's Chris from 704 Shop. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to let y'all know, say bro. that. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I know. Yeah, that's it. But what was that like? Like, you know, conversations when it was growing from the grassroots to where we are now, 2020, like of understanding the roles, playing those roles, mm. and ultimately executing the role of Good like, question. wow, this is, this is it. Like we're here this now. Is it. Yeah. You know, what's funny, man. Um, and this is, this this will be a very important, I think, like lesson. It, it was for me, so hopefully this will resonate with folks. Um, again, you know, I, prior to seven hundred four shop, 
you know, I had been running um, my own recording studio um, and, you know, record label for many years. And I was the guy in that business that kind of held that business together. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, myself and my business partner, Courtney. But um, I was more so like on the business side of that business. So, you know, and, you know, when you run any small business, you got a small team. So you got to have you got to be kind of a jack of all trades. You got to you need to know what's going on like 360 degrees. And so, you know, when we started 704 shop, that was that was that was all I knew. Right. But it didn't really work with the dynamic of, you know, Scott and Jerry pretty much already had an operational model that was in place. And so when mm-hmm. I come in, I'm like, all right, let me see this. And let me see that. <laughs> yeah. And let me like, who's doing this and that. And it was kind of uncomfortable for them because it was like, well, hold on. Like we got this. Like yeah, he, he, yeah. Here's how, here's what we need you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it took, it took a little bit of learning the business, learning your business partners and learning what the need is. That's real. Right. And, and ultimately trusting your business partners, um, to do what it is that they do, you know they're both beasts at what they do. So it's like, how can I, how can I add value and right? And so naturally, I'm good with people. I'm I'm connected, and I don't think they would mind me saying this, but it's like I'm connected in in ways that maybe like they aren't, mm-hmm. right? We, we we're all connected, right? Yeah. Um, Jerry's got really really great connections through his friend, you know, through his network. So does Scott. Um, but I think it's just me being so outward and so, you know, connected in a different way through service organizations and through all, all of the body of work that I've built mm-hmm. over the years. And so I have a unique opportunity to, to align because I'm aligned with this brand to position it in everything that it is that I do yeah. Yeah. Right? and create visibility that way. There are already genuine relationships that I have with people before 704 mm-hmm. shop mm-hmm. so because i'm affiliated with 704 shop and they know we take it serious and we're really trying to build something then people will support it because of the relationship and that i have respectability with them. about it yeah. yeah and at the same time too like one thing i just want to add with that your talents don't have to outweigh your other your, your team right. members talents that's right, right. They, they they go they coexist with one another that's exactly right and you know i, I I'm, I'm the first one to tell people that too it's like you know people a lot of times they'll want to talk to me about you know, product, and I'm like, man, I don't know how to make a T-shirt. That ain't me. Like that. That's not what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I, and you know what? Like originally, for years, I used to be uncomfortable with that, right? Because it's like, man, like people feel see like me as know. like the face in the brand, and mm. like I should know this stuff. But at the end of the day, man, it's like that's not really that's not what my passion is either. You know what I mean? Like now, Scott beast mode on product development Mm -hmm. self-taught didn't go to school for product design or digital Mm -hmm. design or graphic design or none of that taught himself everything that he needed to build this business from the ground up and so i always tell people my role is to empower my business partners you know what i mean like they're good at what they do how can i how can i you know you already on fire at this point how can I be the gasoline? Yeah, you know, to make us just grow this thing like faster than if you was just, you know, because we don't we don't want to just be a fire burning in in the forest like small. I want this thing yeah, to burn yeah. the forest down for type sure. of thing, right? So, um, so I'm always just looking for things that we could be doing that's outside of the box, like the other big opportunities and how I can be, you know, an advocate for those things and 
you know, more strategic, you know, things like that. This year, I'll be focused a lot on, um, you know, we're really trying to grow our, our business, you know, um, the B2B side of our business. Right. Right. Most people know us for the retail business, right? You can mm -hmm. shop with us online. You mm -hmm. can go in the store. Um, that's B2C, business to customer. But mm -hmm. we do a fair amount already of work for other businesses, mm -hmm. other brands. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't advertise that, but businesses and brands can come to us and we can help you, you know, strategize around, you know, brand identity, um, brand cohesiveness, um, and certainly on the product side, right? Like if you need merch, you need, you know, basically if you want to use our supply chain, we can help you with that too. Cause a lot of times people don't know where to go to get the products that they want. Right. Right. Or they'll look up these wholesalers and that kind of stuff or distributors, but you're limited either a to what they have and B, you don't know if, if you're actually paying for a quality product. Um, until you get it really? until you get it. Right. Um, or, and I, and I, and sometimes you don't know if you're overpaying for stuff. True. And so, you know, what we're able to do is basically lend our, you know, seven, eight years of experience as a service to other business and con businesses and help accelerate their path, you know, um, and help them avoid pitfalls along the way. So that's something that will be lights out and like laser focused on in 2021 and going forward. So talking about kind of the the other legs of the brand and the other things that you do. Um, I think that especially with 2020, but I mean, you think about when you started in 2013, 2014, you know, a lot of civil unrest and, you know, um, a lot of things happened in 2014. I, I won't directly, you know, talk about them. But, you know, with 2020, I think a lot of brands kind of reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, 2014 is really when it started. Mm -hmm. But 2020, a lot of brands reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, since then, in my opinion, it's died down. But I think with 704 Shop, it's been a little different, as well as coronavirus. So talk about how you you kind of attacked both of those um, and stay relevant and did stuff that was intentional and effective um, with the kind of makeup of what society has changed to be and what, you know, what brands are doing in response to what's going on. Yeah. 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 That's a good that's a good question. You know, I think, um, you know, largely and this is this will be, you know, this is this is this is truthful, you know, for the most part in the past as a company, as a brand. You know, we've tried to keep our brand very um, anti-controversial, mm -hmm. right? So for, for that reason, we've not, you know, um, gotten behind any political, you know, uh, movements or certainly any politicians. Now, what Chris Moxley does or what Jerry Shepard does or what Scott, you know, Wooten does as individuals is mm -hmm. one thing. But in terms of like what the brand is doing, uh, we really try to keep our our brand uh, very kind of like apolitical, if you will. Right. Um, in 2020, that that changed, you know, um, because we were just kind of fed up as business owners. And we felt like it was time for our brand to have a voice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in previous years, I think the only thing that we had kind of lended our brand's voice to um, was like the LGBTQ movement, right? Mm -hmm. So we had we've pr largely done a lot of stuff like with the Pride Fest and done some content, really letting folks know where we stand on uh, on that particular issue um, around love who you want to love, right? right. And um, over the summer of this year, we felt like it was time 
for us to put some content out, letting people know exactly where we stand on the social unrest, you know, uh, racial injustice and stuff like that, police brutality. Um, but we didn't want we wanted to take the opportunity to um, use our platform to actually raise some money mm-hmm. for Hill Charlotte, um, which is, you know, a very uh, renowned, you know, and, and powerful organization here uh, in the city really trying to do a lot around upward mobility and homelessness and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were happy to do a series of, you know, videos and, you know, partnered with uh, Uncle Jet on Instagram, who's also a good friend of ours and who we've did a collaboration with in the past mm-hmm. um, to have him shoot all the content and stuff like that. And then that developed into like the the, um, the democracy hoodies and mm-hmm. tees that we did yeah. to raise money for um, for Hill Charlotte. And so um, that particular effort, you know, we was able to like raise four thousand dollars, you know, mm-hmm. towards their capital campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, but even before that, you know, when the bottom fell out in COVID, right? Um, and you know, everybody's getting shut down, and we had to close the store, and um, you know, UNC Charlotte is shutting down, and people are getting put out of work, and all of this stuff because of the pandemic. Um, you know, we were. Um, acutely focused on how we could help in the community first Um, as opposed to worrying about you know our own bottom line it was like man people are out here hurting right and so you know we had partnered very early with um, you know the Steve Smith uh, Family Foundation um, Jonathan and Natalie Nicole um, 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 Stewart um, and uh you know, convoy of hope and um, and elevation uh, outreach to mm-hmm. basically, you know, do a fundraiser and also um, it was with um, the UNC Charlotte's um, student uh, emergency uh, fund, and so it was basically trying to raise money. And we did that was where we did the uh, the the, uh, the CLT mm-hmm. like in this together T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And we did a campaign um, for that. And uh, ended up, you know, basically we split the proceeds between um, Convoy of Hope and UNC Charlotte mm-hmm. um, to, to really just try to make a small improvement for some folks. You know what I mean? Um, the most vulnerable folks in the city, because, you know, a lot of people don't realize, like when the school shut down in, the, in the, you know, UNC Charlotte and these kids had to go home. Some of those kids don't have a way to get ain't home. No, ain't no home. You you know? Know? Or it ain't no home. Right. Or. You know, they don't they, we're sending them back to homes where they don't necessarily they they're in a better situation on campus. Yeah, yeah they don't have those type of amenities. Right. It's no you know, they got a cafeteria on campus, but you go home it's like nothing in the refrigerator or nothing, right. you know, in the in the in the cupboards or the pantries and stuff like that. So um that particular uh crowdfunding effort was to try to give micro loans to students that, that needed it. Okay. Um and stuff like that. So, you know, we wanted to to really help out with that first, um, even though, you know, sales were kind of slow for us. Right. We had to close the store and it's like, you know, um, people are focused on um, how they're going to keep food on the table and things like that. And they're not worried about largely, um, you know, um, making clothing purchases and yeah. stuff like that, gotcha, like at that yeah. you know, at that particular right. point in time. But so, yeah, you know, last year was a was a challenging year, but. Uh, we were happy to uh, to be able to mature as a business and be able to start, you know, being more comfortable, I think, um, 
lending our own voices to the brand. Mm -hmm. You know, that was that's something that I'm that I'm proud of as a as a business owner, at least. So. Yeah, that was dope. I definitely wanted to tap on or touch on your y'all's response to, you know, everything that was going on um, with COVID and with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, social justice as a whole. Um, kind of moving forward to, you know, and more about you, and I guess it relates back to the brand as well. But I wanted to touch on, you know, we talked about your career and how successful mm -hmm. you were in your corporate, you know, America career. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, just the same in your entrepreneur career, but the balance of both. So um, I guess I like to call it a work work balance because a lot of people like to say a work life balance. Like, yeah, he does this little thing on the side. Like, it's, right. but it's not that's not the case for yeah. for seven hundred four. And I think mm -hmm. it shouldn't be the case for anybody that does anything outside of work that you treat as a business. Like, that's another job. Once you get off your nine to five from it six is. to ten, you, you know, should be at work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but so so talk about your work work balance, and then you know as well your work life balance. So you know, you're a father. Um, you saying you you're 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 a fashion you know connoisseur. You know. I'm saying you're a sneakerhead, you know, you know, sports <laughs> fan. I saw you at a, a couple games. I saw you at UNCT's women's basketball game this week. So talk to kind of both of those um, kind of ends of the spectrum, the work work balance and how you balance 704 alongside with um, corporate America. And, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur. So, you know, your other businesses as well. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. also your your work life balance where, you, you know, you're being a father and you're being a fashion head, you know, sneakerhead and all that thing. Yeah. Um, man, I tell you, it's. It, it's it's challenging, right? Um, this whole this concept of of balance, and um, I think for me, I think I was just I don't know that I've been as good with balancing it all. To be honest with you, like over the years, um, you know, it there's been a lot of personal sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like in terms of not investing in my. Um, my own probably, you know, social and emotional and mental health, right? Like yeah. over the years and just because I've been so focused on just building, you mm -hmm. know, I've been so focused on, you know, when I was in corporate America, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how, as long as I'm going to be here um, and this is my path. And in many cases that was, you know, it was because of corporate America that I had some of the resources to like start some of my other businesses. Right. Um, and so... But so it's like as long as I was going to be there, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to rise up the ranks. Right. Like, how am I going to get promoted and get yeah. and, and So you you got you got to play that game. Um, and then, as you know, you know, you you when you leave at five or six or whatever it is, it's like you got your evenings and you're still trying to build this other thing. Um, and so there have been, you know, times where. You know, uh, where you're not sleeping, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, yeah. you know, like you like you should. I'm, I'm naturally a night owl as it is. Like I'll be up late, man, <laughs> like super late and got to be at work, you know, in, in some You know, you got to be at work. <laughs> yeah. In some cases, like when I was in the call center, man, you got to be there at eight o'clock, like right. without fail. Right. Um, and so uh, but I think I've just I've just always figured out how to um, how to make it all work, because I felt like it was it was all pushing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. I always knew like what it was that that I want. I might not have known exactly what I wanted, but I knew that I wanted better for myself. Yeah. Right. So that makes it easy, you know, um, to just keep going. And um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I do try to, you know, you got to be intentional around, you know, being there, you know, for, you know, for my son and creating, 
you know, opportunities and, and, um, and experiences for him. I'm big on that. I'm a big family guy, just generally speaking. I love love spending time with my family. Right. Uh, you know that, Brad. Yeah. Um, love spending time with your family. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you just got to take a break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to take a break. And I think now, you know, where I am as an entrepreneur now and probably as a result of, you know, last year in 2020 and just the personal, I think, awakening that happened in me, um, I'm okay with not getting it all done like all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with things just taking taking their time, um, which doesn't mean, you know, I don't want to equate that with, you know, being not being hungry and not being, you know, or uh or 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 being lazy or anything like that mm-hmm. but it's just sometimes you need to really just take a step back because you can't be good for other people unless you um, are, are all the way whole yourself that's real and so you know that's that's something that I'm really trying to be more intentional around um you know this year and you know, try. You know, I'm. A, I'm gonna try my hand at you know learning how to meditate and mm-hmm. like you know learning how to how to just um, you know mindfulness practices and right. um, you know how to how to think clearly. A lot of times, I'm I'm so spread. I'm spread in so many different directions, Rod. Man, mm-hmm. it's like it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, and that takes a toll. You know, sometimes you don't know the toll that it's taking on you. You know, because I've built myself to where it's like. I can handle it, right? Yeah. I can be on all these boards. And I think that's most black men. Like we just, yeah, we, we just, just put we, it on your yeah, shoulders we just, and we that's just, what it is. Yeah, and it's like, but then you don't you don't you don't know that like, you know, um sometimes you don't know how that how that pressure is manifesting because mm-hmm. you can't see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like stress will kill you. Mm-hmm. Um as good as as quick as a bullet will. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Um it's just you again, like we you don't know the impact that some of this stuff is having. And it's like, you know, down the line, it's like, oh, you got this and you got that. And it's like, man, like, because you weren't taking care of yourself. We was, we was, we was swole up. We was yeah. in the gym. Right. But it's like, from a, from a mental standpoint, it's like you was carrying too much. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you was just doing too much. Um, and maybe you weren't investing in yourself and like really learning yourself as a man, like, and mm-hmm. learning um, why it is that we do the, the things that we do what our triggers are, what makes us happy, what makes us sad, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, because we're, we're just focused on like the next thing we get the accolade and it's like, cool. And then we, yeah. we focused on like, man, what's next? Right. You don't know, like, really celebrate the win. Yeah. You don't even celebrate the win. It's, oh, I'm not- I'm notorious for that. Um, what's next? Yeah. What's next? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or, you know, maybe a combination of the two, you know, you get wiser, <laughs> um, you slow down. Yeah. And uh, but then, like you said, 2020 was a challenging year. We, we all, you know, probably lost a lot of people um, in our families between last year and this year. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you slow down and think about what's really important. You know yeah, what I mean? At the end that. of the day, like some of the stuff that we amass in life, in this life, we can't take with us to the next life. All right. So take the time to spend time with the people that, that you love and that, that, that you care about and that love and care about you. Because yeah. I'm, I'm bad about that. My grandma be on me, boy. Because like, <laughs> you don't never call, you don't, you know. And it's, I always have to tell my grandma, like, it's not it's not that I'm not thinking about you, grandma. Like, I think about you all the time. I'm just bad about calling. But I got to get better about calling. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I got to get better about visiting because this is a woman that helped raise me and, and mm-hmm. all and on and on and on. 
and then here I am, all focused on these businesses and, right. yeah. and these opportunities and giving all this effort and energy to stuff that is important, yeah. but it ain't as important as my grandma. And your yeah. family, right? yeah. So, but that's what raised you, yeah. yeah. So it's just, you know, taking inventory of transitions like that that I need to make, you know, as a human being. We should always be trying to, you know, progress towards being the best version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what age we are, it's never too late to improve, you know. So that's kind of like where I'm at with with the whole like work ba work work balance. Work work yeah. balance. Yeah. yeah. So just trying to just trying to be more focused on on me not take my eye off the ball because at the end of the day i'm still trying to create opportunities for myself mm -hmm. and my family you know my son i want his road to be easier than it was for me i want my connections to be able to benefit him in the right. way that nobody had connections to help me right that's what that's progression that's right it's all about right? that's 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 absolutely what it's all about but at the same time it can't be at the expense of me spending time with him and spending yeah. time with my family and spending time with the loved ones, spending time with myself, you know. That's um, real. And so, uh, so yeah, that's I get maybe that's a long winded. Nah, that's way perfect. Of answering that's the perfect. Question. And I think that a lot of people don't really tap into that. You know, when you talk about work life balance, like. You know, when you think of work-life balance, you think of like, yeah, does he play like intramural basketball or like, you know, so what, you know, you could have talked about I sneakers do, the whole time. But it's like that and, you know what I'm saying, I have to take time to take care of me and make mm -hmm. sure my mental is good, make sure my physical is good, my spiritual is good. All those things are important, especially, you know, being that you touch so many people, yep. being your family and the people outside of your family with your business. So I think it's important that you, you know, are introspective and realize those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually, I think that's interesting, right, that you that you mentioned that, right, like, you know, intramural basketball, you know, in the past, I felt like because I was doing stuff that I enjoyed, that I was that that was like me investing in in me, right, like mm -hmm. in my mental health or whatever right mm. um but in actuality it's like i think i think sometimes what we need to do is um spend some time doing nothing with yourself mm -hmm. you know I what i mean because we I like we it. fill our calendars up with stuff right with things to do and oh i gotta go do this and i'm you know i'm gonna go lift weights like okay like that's cool um you know that's 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 time that you're probably spending with yourself or, you know, maybe you're living with a team or you're working out with a team. Maybe it's just you, but you're still doing something. Right. Right. Like I'm talking about quiet time with yourself yep. to hear yourself think, yep. you know, just focus on game to slow down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just just so you can really get mental clarity. Yeah. You know, a lot of times like. We're doing these other things, and our mind is still is focused on on that thing. You you're not focused inward on how you feel, like mm -hmm. what's going on in your life. Where do I want to go? What is it that I need to do? Um, who is it that I need to touch? You know, stuff like that, man. And that's that can only happen, I think, when you just slow things down and just and just chill and you know take some quiet time to yourself, meditate. I used to I used to never like, and I'm not even good at it yet. I still struggle with it, like. Yeah. But um, I'm trying. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I recognize that that there's uh, some value to it. It's just you know, I, but I also know that it's a process, right? So, yeah. um, and you know, I've, I've done a lot of reading on like the value and how it can, how it can really help your brain. Like all the successful people in like, if, if you really research it, like they all meditate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or some of them like they do yoga and stuff like this, but like meditation is something that they really push. 
And if it's good enough for them, it's got to be good enough for me. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. trying to get on their level. Yeah. You know? so That's right. That's right, man. And I, and I love what you said, man, as far as the conversation and, you know, the question that Rob proposed to you. Like, I think that's beautiful uh, that you've been able to just kind of regain yourself and give that clarity to yourself because we need that as people. Um, I love that. And, you know, as something that you said that I love is continue to love people out loud. I tell Rob this all the time. I tell all the bros this, but I really do love the fact that we have a group of friends and a group of men that respect our boundaries of like your mental health is real mm-hmm. take some time to you know be you it's never a time when i'm working with rod or he working with me like yo I, I i can't do it today where it's like smacks a teeth moment it's just like bro do you yeah, bro? Like, exactly. yeah get, get some relaxation man and i love to hear that but also one other thing on the record you say you do play intramural basketball Yes, Kurt, you, y'all been dodging me the whole Malik fraternity. Good taste, good taste back, Grammar. We got our five ready. Oh, yeah, hopefully, oh, it's a challenge. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, okay. after, hopefully after COVID, so we we able to get yes, on the court. So court, court, and uh, get on the green. But you know, introducing. Um, and the second time we were able to do this, but uh, we were able to introduce and roll out our new segment last year uh, on the first episode with uh, Clean Slate. Uh, this is called Bad Grammar, Chris. So in the beginning, we had okay. the good taste. good taste. So now at the end, man, we're going to loop it back with the bad grammar. So essentially, this is what bad grammar is going to be. Uh, we're going to give you two different words. Uh, they are a little difficult when it comes to the pronunciation of them, so we're going to let you see them. We want to see how well you can pronunciate them, and then with that, we'll give you the correct answer. And you know, okay. just, a good, just a good laugh to okay. see you know okay. how good it is. So we're about to see what that uh, oh, UNC Charlotte education right. taught you. Okay, <laughs> that's the first word and the second word on the back. Oh no, boat swing? No, I know it's wrong. So for those that are listening, yeah, listening yeah. I'm going to spell it. So it's B-O-A-T, like boat, and then Swain, S-W-A-I-N. You would assume so that's I, what it is, So right? yeah, I just said boat Swain, but y'all about to correct me. So it's Bosun. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm not going to uh, lie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's in definitely nah, like Boatswain. Yeah, I don't when got I that one. When I first said it, it said Boatswain. All right. So, okay. So, in the back, we have Ana- Anathema. <laughs> so, like somebody's grandma. Right. <laughs> so, it's spelled A-N-A-T-H-E-M-A. Anathema. All right, Rob. But I, I know that's probably wrong, too. Athema. Athema. So it's like the N-A is silent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Athema. Oh, man. Y'all got me with these, man. Yeah. I don't even know what either of these yeah, two so words let me, mean. Let me, let me get you right with the, okay. with the Boswain and the... and the, Well, not Boswain, but the Boson. Uh, let me see. Yeah, a Boson is a ship's officer in charge of equipment and the crew. Oh, okay. That's a Boson. Okay. Yeah. And then as far as Athema... Athema is a noun, and it means something or someone that one dislikes. Wow. Okay. Man, growing my vocabulary, okay. man. There you yeah. go. Hey, we still going to go take that SAT level. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no cap, man. But. Hey, but rounding us off, man. So, uh, Chris, you dropped a lot of game, and you gave a lot of knowledge, and, and you know, from your experience and you know, coming up. So, Appreciate if you could that. give one final, you know, piece of free game in the free game segment, you know, what would it be to the to the young entrepreneur, to the young, you know, professional, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, kind of place you want to speak to? Yeah. Uh, what would that piece of free game be? 
Um, you know, my parting words would be to uh, would be simply this: to start. You know, whatever it is that you that you want to do, if it's if you're looking at, you know, going to grad school, but you've been dragging your feet, figure out what the next steps are. Start. If you're trying to start a business and you've been dragging your feet, or you've just been talking about it, you've told people about it, but you haven't really put, you know, um, any effort into it, you haven't actually like done anything towards it yet. Just start, right? Mm-hmm. I think what happens is, especially in the black community, um, or for those that come from challenged backgrounds, you know, sometimes we'll we'll start. But it's like we have this concept of like perfection before we launch it. Like I got to get this just yeah, right be before right. before I, I I roll it out to where people can see it. And you know that's rooted in that comes from a place of in many cases we don't get the opportunities to fail, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so you know if we make a bad impression, people will write us off. Mm-hmm. We don't get to go back to the drawing board. Nobody's gonna give you and be like, "Hey, man, you need to fix this, 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 this," and and, and then come back to me, yeah. right? And then, and then and then I'll invest in your business. Right. They'd be like, "Man, his first his prototype was trash." Yeah. So we get written off in a way that like our white counterparts don't. And so I think, but what we have to do is we have to be comfortable uh, with the fact that. Um, Everything is not going to be perfect right out the gate, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can fix it along the way, mm-hmm. but just just put you know b- build what it is that you're trying to do, um, launch it and have an iterative process around perfecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't allow p- perfection to be the enemy of progress, right? So that's what I would say, man. Is just you know let go of your fears of rejection. Um, because that's naturally how I'm wired, right? Yeah. I, I, I wanna, I wanna measure twenty times before I cut once. Yeah. But sometimes measuring twenty times is counterproductive. Right. Right. And so that's where you gotta find that happy medium. Maybe measure three times and then cut. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and 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 get it out there. So uh, hopefully that'll be of some level of inspiration and. Uh, you know, for folks out there, man, that's real, man. Chris, bro, we appreciate you, you know, just touching, touching base with us, man. It means a lot, man. And even how you just said, like, go out and get it. Like you go said, your biggest it. advice, go start. You know, that's one thing I'm appreciative with the podcast with me and Rod and, uh, you know, the whole team that we've been able to develop. It's just like we've been out and just making episodes. Don't, don't, you know, of course, have your strategic meetings, have your opportunities of just like, hey, how can this be successful? But at the end of the day, you got to go out and do it. Yeah. And we'll never forget, man, 2017 when you kicked it with us. You know, that, that's a that's an episode. Yeah. You're going to archive. Yeah. It's back from 2017. Yeah. It's in there. It's yeah. in there. Man, yeah. we appreciate you just rocking yeah. with us, showing that love, man. But look, so. at, look at the progress that you guys yeah, have made real. on that, man. That's like real. that was... That was before you guys had your own equipment. That was before you guys had your own infrastructure. Like, look at the growth, man, in that. And so, again, shout out to y'all because y'all are building. You're building in the right way. You're building in a way that makes sense for you. Um, and it's only going to continue to get better, man. So I appreciate y'all as well. And that's appreciate love, it. man. Real, really, for real. It's real, uh, real love with you, man. And uh, as we get out of here, Chris, 
you know, just touching base, man. Like we said, a lot of free game today, a lot of gems, great, great knowledge, man. And it was a great conversation. Where can people touch base with you as far as they want, if they want to connect, uh, if they want to cop some merchandise from the best apparel brand in the city, man. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, too, man. If they just want to have a good conversation with you, what's up? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll start with the business first, you know, the business, um, Social media profile is at 704shop, you know, on all platforms. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you know, my personal handle is uh, Christopreneur. Um, or you can just email me at, you know, Chris at 704shop.com. You know, I'm Chris, I'm Christopreneur on Instagram um, and also on uh, Twitter. And also on Clubhouse, connect with me on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. You know, for those that are on Clubhouse, yeah. that's a new uh, cool platform, and I'm slowly growing. You know, a little bit of an audience. Eventually, I'll get to a point where I'm doing regular rooms around streetwear brands and or just you know uh, fashion and retail, etc. Just trying to drop uh, nuggets and help people, um, you know, accelerate their uh, their success with their own brands. Um, I've done it a little bit, but. Hopefully, I can start doing it on a more regular basis and stuff like that. So, Clubhouse, uh, you can find me on there as well. That's dope. And then, as far as that information, that will be provided in the description for this episode. So, if anybody, you know, missed that, uh, was unable to catch that, it will be in the information provided. Uh, One closing remark, too, I want to give for uh, Rod and myself. We really want to give a special shout out to everybody that helped us throughout our 12 days of good taste. Mm -hmm. Hell of a social media campaign really uh, turned out well. We were able to raise over $500 for the family that we were able to sponsor. And we partnered with uh, Kip Middle School in a... a, uh, Excuse me, a educator by the name of our good friend Tyler Jones. So really appreciate that love, great content, and it was much appreciated. So Rod, as we get out of here, man, any other closing remarks? Man, that's it, man. Tap in with me at It's All Rod on all social media platforms, Instagram, um, Twitter, and Clubhouse. Like that was a good, you know, nugget for sure. Appreciate it. And for me, man, the Brad Brooks underscored the end of that. So you know, be sure to tap in with us, like, share, subscribe to podcast. This is Good Taste Bad Grammar from you know yours truly, me and Rod. Shout out to Hunter. Shout out to Tyler and the man, the goat, the legend, Chris Moxley, man. We appreciate, appreciate you joining it, man. us today. Appreciate you, man, peace, for peace, sure. peace. Most definitely. Appreciate you joining us for another episode of Good Taste Bad Grammar. Be sure to follow us on social media at Good Taste Bad Grammar and like, share, subscribe, and comment on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And don't forget to leave that five-star rating. Peace.